Um, hey folks, um, welcome to another edition of the Mental Health Podcast. Uh, one thing that I have realized is mental health can mean a lot of different things. And from a holistic purpose, um, you know, I have uh, with me Iona here, and uh, she has an interesting take on her own startup and how she's gone about building this. Hey, Iona, how are, how are things with you today? Great, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm doing good. Um so so you know, the first thing that I ask people when when they come into the podcast is to give themselves an elevator pitch, right? What are you doing? What what is your perspective and like, you know, uh how can sort of people understand where you're coming from as well? So the floor is all yours. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So I always describe myself as two big things, uh, a talent developer and a community builder, mm-hmm. because I think both are super essential for everything I've ever done career-wise, but also personally, like mm-hmm. choices I've made about you know who to hang out, who to work with. It always stems from these two perspectives of can we develop each other and can mm-hmm. we build a strong community with mm-hmm. a common ground and common interests. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say, you know, who I am. And just very briefly, um, I came in the U.S. seven years ago from Greece mm-hmm. to pursue uh, my degrees and then career. And today I'm the co-founder of Dextigo, an mm-hmm. AI coach for soft skills development, such as communication, collaboration and leadership. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so- sounds like uh, you've had quite a journey. Um, so... You know, uh, one thing that I uh, ask people is like, what sort of motivated uh, you to start your own startup, uh, Dextigo? And like, you know, uh, can, can you share a little bit more insight behind your sort of uh, journey as well? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I was uh, from an HR and development background working at Aptivio, which is mm-hmm. a B2B SaaS Series A startup, mm-hmm. the Revenue AI. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying to figure out tools and ways to develop our young employees. Mm-hmm. These were primarily Gen Z that mm-hmm. became um, very significant in our operations and had to quickly develop leadership skills. Mm-hmm. But anything I looked online, and especially during COVID, you know, um, didn't satisfy me because it wasn't customizable enough to the mm-hmm. different job mm-hmm. descriptions and roles we had. It was a gamified and Gen Z, you know, love gamification interaction with tools. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing that I could think of someone going back again and again. So mm-hmm. uh, in that deep research in EdTech tools, I realized that there hasn't been any innovation for the last years. Mm-hmm. And Lashley might be, sorry, um, Duolingo, Lashley, mm-hmm. I'm thinking because I just worked on it. <laughs> so Duolingo might have been the latest big success uh, Mm -hmm. that I know of at least. So Mm -hmm. I want to create something similar, but for soft skills. Okay. 
that's how like Dextio kind of came about and ended up becoming much more of a bigger vision. Um, we, we really want to allow everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean people, mm -hmm. regardless of their industry and role, to develop mm -hmm. these skills. And they're mm -hmm. so transferable and so needed for mm -hmm. success in life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you know, in reality, these skills need a lot of time to be developed. Like mm -hmm. You need to experience life to become a leader, a good mm -hmm. communicator, a negotiator. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of unfair because we ask young employees to do so much without mm -hmm. being able to train them mm -hmm. on this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that's what uh, really inspired us behind Dextigo. Interesting. Um, so, you know, I, I sort of uh, want to understand a little better in terms of like soft skills. Like, what do you mean by soft skills? Like, you know, a lot of people don't understand what that means. Um, and, you know, how does sort of it impact people uh, as well, like um, on a personal level, uh, you know, not having these soft skills as well. So, <laughs> yeah, great question. So, Soft skills have many names out there. Uh, some people call them durable skills. Some call them power skills. What it really is about is skills that are transferable again, that are uh, skills that can elevate your career and are not technical. They're not like, to give examples, um, computer skills like Excel or software development tools. It's skills that have to do more with how you interact with others. Mm -hmm. uh, like communication, collaboration, teamwork, how you lead others, mm -hmm. and also intrapersonal, like self-awareness, stress management. Mm -hmm. So these are some examples mm -hmm. of soft skills. The way they help you is by, I mean, it's endless, but by making you a better person. Because when you know yourself, you mm -hmm. can improve yourself. Mm -hmm. And as a consequence, you can teach others how to improve themselves too. Mm -hmm. so to me, it's just a non-negotiable. Like everyone needs to develop these skills, mm -hmm. or else they're not able to reach their self-actualization. Mm -hmm. And in my eyes, that's you know our purpose in life is to reach our maximum capacity. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, the, the importance for me is huge, mm -hmm. and it's also extremely needed now more than ever mm -hmm. because of AI taking over so many of the mundane and technical tasks that people used to do in their careers. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's a huge trend. More and mm -hmm. more recruiters are looking for these skills. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't care about you know what language you know to code in or uh, what management certification you have, but mm -hmm. how the skills translate when you enter a new environment. Mm -hmm. And um, the other trend that comes along with it and has uh, exacerbating the need for soft skills is solopreneurship. Right. So with more and more solopreneurs out there looking for clients, talking to investors, partners, and trying to become their own boss, these mm -hmm. skills then are, are super crucial. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, I sort of personally approach everything from a mental health standpoint. And I, I did mention a couple of uh, things and I sort of connected the dots when you were talking about, uh, you know, stress management, self-awareness. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit in terms of, you know, uh, these skills specifically? Like, how has your sort of personal journey been? And like, you know, what do you see, you know, uh, people sort of understanding themselves better and how that sort of impacts uh, individuals specifically as well? So. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I think the bigger life-changing experience uh, I had recently was the transition from academia, like after graduating from a master's to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that step, I think, is important for everyone. But to me personally, was important because it helped me realize my triggers. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's just a different environment and mm -hmm. you can't control, you know, who says what. There's no teacher or professor saying you don't say these words or you don't mm -hmm. act this way. Um, mm -hmm. Really creates more of a chaotic environment. So you get mm -hmm. all these stimuli at work, right? Like you talk to different people, you work on so many projects especially mm -hmm. in a startup, that mm -hmm. you have to be super self-aware of what triggers you mm -hmm. and how that trigger affects your behavior mm -hmm. and also your productivity. Mm -hmm. As an employee, your main goal is really to create the most value possible for the company, right? And then mm -hmm. that will help you grow in your career. Mm -hmm. But when these triggers that are outside of yourself, outside of your um controlled environment are created, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of discipline and mm -hmm. it takes this space where you have to say to yourself, okay, this happened. I'm mm -hmm. not going to react immediately. I'm going to think about it and strategically like, take my next step. Mm -hmm. However, uh, that takes a lot of maturity for someone to do, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, going back to also Gen Z and like younger people, it, mm -hmm. it, it's tough. Unless you have a mentor, you have someone tell you, hey, you know, in that situation, you mm -hmm. act this way. How about you try it this way? Or mm -hmm. I'm telling you from my personal experience because I see myself in you. And this to happen sometimes takes luck. You need to be in the right place at the right moment when you find these supportive people. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, uh, I, I, I think introspection is so important, like reflection and that's something I did a lot too, although I was blessed to have great mentors, but I always loved like reflecting and thinking mm -hmm. about how I did in situations, what did I learn, how can I improve it? Mm -hmm. And to me, that, that I guess, drive for growth is something that people either have or they don't have. Mm -hmm. Drive is something so personal and maybe some people don't agree, but I think you have it since you're very young. Mm -hmm rare that you see someone suddenly in their 50s wake up and say okay i'm gonna take over the world right you know right so that uh part of the population that has the drive mm -hmm. and is able to grow today mm -hmm. is stuck they're mm -hmm. lost they don't mm -hmm. know how to grow the skills mm -hmm. because in the work environment things are very um processed and like it's very slow you mm -hmm. have to go one level mm -hmm. and then have to do this result to get to that point so mm -hmm. if you don't treat that drive at the right mm -hmm. timing mm -hmm. it goes down mm -hmm. and that's how today we're losing tremendous amounts of talent in the mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. to get people who could have done something mm -hmm. but now are just becoming you know apathetic and they're just in mm -hmm. their rooms and wasting their talent so mm -hmm. I can stress, you know, the importance of developing these skills because they open up a new world. Like for me too, when I realized the depth of psychology of communicating with humans and understanding their motivations and all these things behind it, mm -hmm. it's like, oh wow, like things make sense. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we talk to people and we're like, oh, why did they act like that? Or mm -hmm. why my boss said this? But there's mm -hmm. always 
something behind this that explains things. Right. right. So my personal journey to conclude and answer your question was understanding my triggers, learning mm -hmm. more about psychology, mm -hmm. and then understanding if I'm at the right place at the mm -hmm. right time mm -hmm. that I could grow. Mm -hmm. And I think anyone who listens, if they do these three steps and they see that the answer is a no, then that mm -hmm. allows them to change their life. Mm -hmm. If it's a yes, then perfect. That propels your growth even further. But mm -hmm. you need to do these steps to understand your mm -hmm. path. Because mm -hmm. there's so many people who are depressed and sad and feel like there's no light in the end of the tunnel. You know, they don't know where they're going, but mm -hmm. they haven't made those steps. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing that. I I think. Um, a lot of the times I have personally struggled because either, you know, I, I, I think I was uh, at the right place at the right time, but I just didn't have the right people around me. Um, you know, I, I just didn't have the right kind of mentors who could sort of guide me uh, in the direction that I uh, needed to go as well. So, um, you know, uh, one thing that you um, also sort of touched about was the mindset aspect. So, and this is a hard sort of skill to sort of um, get into. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your own mindset and like other people who are in the startup culture, like what is their mindset around, you know, um, a building yeah. something new? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think everyone feels fear unless mm -hmm. you're a psychopath, but mm -hmm. people who decide to start something are actively telling themselves, I'll put fear at the side and I'll go mm -hmm. pursue this because mm -hmm. I understand either the opportunity cost is greater or mm -hmm. that the impact I'm going to have is mm -hmm. so important for me that I got to mm -hmm. do it. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they make this conscious choice that puts down all the self-doubt. Mm -hmm. And self-doubt is something I've always tried to, to teach people to ignore. I, mm -hmm. My mind is always, you got to be your first supporter. Mm -hmm. You got to always compliment others because everyone needs that boost of confidence and energy. Mm -hmm. And self-doubt is the worst thing you can do to yourself. I think mm -hmm. it's worse than smoking, worse than like not exercising because it like blocks your vision. Mm -hmm. It makes like you can't do anything mm -hmm. and uh, what's also very known in startups is you know the uh, the imposter syndrome mm -hmm. which again is just a form of self-doubt is okay mm -hmm. why i can't do it and mm -hmm. it reminds me of this thing i heard once um it was a theory of how like with physics we explain the fact that there's always a possibility because mm -hmm. right now you know all songs exist Mm -hmm. But the song you choose to listen mm -hmm. to right now in this moment seems mm -hmm. like it's the only thing that exists. Mm -hmm. Just your choice out of the entire like universe of songs. Mm -hmm. So similarly to jobs and work and personal life, like you can do anything, but you have mm -hmm. to actually choose it. Mm -hmm. So self-doubt makes you not see of the options. Mm -hmm. so you feel stuck. Mm -hmm. And yeah, my mind, I guess, is just Self-doubt is not an option. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not there. It's, you do what you can. Mm -hmm. Of course, you won't know at any point in time everything, but you can be resourceful. Mm -hmm. And that resourcefulness of finding the right people to help you or 
finding alternatives and overcoming obstacles is how you prove to yourself mm-hmm. that you are worth it. So the way to get confidence is just proving to yourself that you can do the things, the goals that you put yourself um, in front of. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, who puts these goals? Yourself. So you, right. you have all the control to mm-hmm. put the goals, achieve them, prove to mm-hmm. yourself you did it, gain mm-hmm. some confidence, and kill the doubts. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think uh, sometimes one thing sort of that sort of clicked for me was like when you are in that state of self-doubt, you tend to freeze. You 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 you, you, uh, you almost look at everything as though you don't have a play or you don't have uh, something that you can do to sort of move forward and you get stuck. So uh, definitely, I mean, uh, being your own self-advocate, uh, believing that, you know, uh, whatever you are doing also has the space choosing that you know whatever you are building is a possibility um definitely uh, impacts um, yeah people and it's a spiral right afterwards you're in that negative loop mm. but I, I think the other thing that uh is a little problematic with us humans is that we tend to think so high of ourselves that we mm-hmm. think everyone cares mm-hmm. and no one really cares about mm-hmm. you they think about themselves so some self-doubts i think are created just because of that fact when you take into account um, everyone's opinion or you think everyone thinks of you and mm-hmm. judge you, mm-hmm. that can be a big barrier. But in reality, you know, people are self-centered for the most part, so mm-hmm. they don't care about you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, so much of our energy goes to whenever you get into any sort of area, you look at everybody and your mind is so focused on what everybody is looking at you, how they perceive you or how they uh, are, uh, you know, making assumptions about you, even though you don't have any idea and you you, in the first place are making certain assumptions to begin with. Um, So uh, these are some things to, you know, definitely keep in mind. You know, the other thing that, you know, when you mentioned startups, it, it sort of came it came to my mind is competition, right? Um, and and I feel like competition is such a such a tricky word that, you know, you sort of think about. Can you give your perspective into, like, what does competition mean to you? Or, like, you know, for somebody who's trying to build something, like, what, yeah. does, what can competition do, do to them as well? Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a question I've never been asked. That's super interesting. And I, I want to answer it from a personal standpoint and then a professional standpoint. Because mm-hmm. people do tend to compete with each other, you know, or they compare. Mm-hmm. I think for someone to be a competitor in life, mm-hmm. uh, that will be worth of you comparing with. Mm-hmm. So have the exact same everything same background same age same mind same intelligence you know same upbringing and that Mm -hmm. is obviously impossible Mm -hmm. which is why i think it's a waste of time for people to compare themselves with others it's Mm -hmm. good to have a benchmark but Mm -hmm. that benchmark is for comparing your growth Mm -hmm. like your rate of accelerating your path maybe like someone did it in five years that did it in two or Mm -hmm. things like that but to Mm -hmm. compare details i think is pointless Mm-hmm. Now, competition in a professional setting is a little more vague because we tend to think, oh, if we're in the same industry, we're competitors. Mm-hmm. But do you focus on the exact same target audience? 
-hmm. have you raised the same amount of money mm -hmm. or uh you know again do you have same background what's the team size etc cetera, etc cetera. there's so many factors mm -hmm. so I think competition again is relative like you can say this is my needed competition this mm -hmm. is the competition i aspire to have mm -hmm. so you have to break it down Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, unless you're in a super crowded space mm -hmm. that you, know, you talk to people and they always think of an alternative, so a competitor in their head, mm -hmm. oh, you're like this company, you know, oh, you're like that. Mm -hmm. Your competition in a non-saturated market to me mm -hmm. is actually very consumer perceived, like mm -hmm. what you think you compete with as a founder let's say as a ceo is not what the client thinks mm -hmm. but at the end of the day uh when you're talking about a very early stage company that mm -hmm. is aspiring to get somewhere i think mm -hmm. uh the key there is to think of what is the end vision mm -hmm. and understand that your competition changes along the way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you won't have the same competitors today as you'll have in five years right so mm -hmm. Think of today, who are my top like three, four, five competitors and think mm -hmm. of how to differentiate. But mm -hmm. differentiation is not actually as hard as people think it is. Mm -hmm. Because going back to soft skills, if you're very self-aware, you understand your team, you know mm -hmm. your strength, you're mm -hmm. pretty able to differentiate because by default, you are different as a person. You're going to make things differently. Your mm -hmm. vision will be different and mm -hmm. you will be able to execute it differently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my theory is that yeah, it's good to know the relative competition, but you should be focused on what you want to do mm -hmm. and just keep an eye out on what the client thinks is your competition, not what you think. Mm -hmm. uh, great. I mean, like the, the other thing that sort of came to my mind is also validation, right? Validation, yeah. validation of your idea, validation of like you know the. Uh, the principle itself and validation in terms of the other uh, companies in the space as well. Can, can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, I mean, everyone says today that the biggest mistake a founder can do is not to validate their idea, to just go mm -hmm. build something that then no one uses, right? Uh, validation is super important and it has to come from their stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I think you can validate your idea with clients, potential clients first. Mm -hmm. We um adjacent markets too because mm -hmm. you have to think steps ahead right how will i one day expand my market or mm -hmm. what happens if this market suddenly disappears right risk aversion mm -hmm. i'll have mm -hmm. something else to target uh, mm -hmm. my product to uh, mm -hmm. you have to validate with investors do mm -hmm. they think an idea that can be investable um you have to validate with even marketers can you think of a cool you know uh, slogan marketing idea and that to me is successful validation when you do it across different departments or stakeholders mm -hmm. uh, and not just necessarily the client because mm -hmm. the client doesn't know what they don't know. Right. And also clients change opinions. Mm -hmm. right? Like today you might be uh, on a trend, on a hype, and uh, you're part of this community that makes you do something. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're going to stay like that forever. So in two years, I might lose mm -hmm. you as a client. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why you need to, to have it like 365. Mm -hmm. um, but, but
validation today is actually easier than it was some years ago you know with mm-hmm. technology with all the uh, access we have to community mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can do it internationally, so there's no reason why someone wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, uh, and, you know, when you were mentioning it, my mind was sort of connecting the dots between validation and competition. And and, and I was like, you know, if you have competition, uh, you know, there, there is that sense of validation well, for you as well. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and uh, you know, if you don't have enough competition, that means that you are trying to sort of sometimes build or enter into a new space where, you know, th- there is no, uh, uh, you know, uh, opposition for you to sort of understand and develop your product in terms of differentiating yourself um, as well. Um, uh, and, and the other thing that, you know, I, I wanted to sort of focus on is like, uh, we, as a community, we look at the same space and, you know, sometimes we see more of the obstacles and the roadblocks, right? And, like, how, how do you sort of switch that perspective? Like, you know, how do you turn turn the tables around and say, hey, you know what, I don't see the obstacles or uh, I can go around the obstacles. How, how do you sort of approach that as well? So, Yeah, um, great question. I think it goes back to resourcefulness. I think there's always going to be obstacles when you try to do something either big or new or better. And Mm -hmm. the number one way to not block your creativity in the process is knowing that, okay, if this comes up, I'll have this person on it. I'll have that one on this. But you have to be able to predict those obstacles. Mm -hmm. And when you work in an environment that uh, has been defined, right? Like there, there is some competition that's kind of easier to do than if you're mm-hmm. doing something fully new, operating mm-hmm. in a new market. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, predicting those obstacles, talking to mentors, advisors who know the space very well mm-hmm. and have worked with other tech startups in that field is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on a personal level is becoming a little distant uh, from the idea sometimes because as founders mm-hmm. we get to be so close to the idea that we're a little like blindsided but if you take it as a third party and you see okay this is a company what if I enter this company as a consultant what mm-hmm. would I tell them to do what are the priorities what are the obstacles how can mm-hmm. we fix them what's the budget it creates a whole different perspective mm-hmm. and the other thing is you need to understand that if someone gives you negative feedback Mm-hmm. it's not personal it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they don't like you or even if they don't like you like who cares the point is that you need to be able to to take that feedback negative or not mm-hmm. and just be in a problem solving mood mm-hmm. uh an outcome driven like mindset of okay this is it this is how we're gonna solve it i mm-hmm. think you know the trick there is trying to be a little less emotional and more logical that mm-hmm. for someone like me who is super empathetic is very hard Mm-hmm. But again, you, you go back to the self-awareness, your triggers. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in this situation that mm-hmm. will stress me out. Mm-hmm. I'll try to now just bring my logical lens mm-hmm. to try to solve the problem and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, but you got to lead yourself first. Uh, we just published an article about this today. If you don't know how to lead your, yourself in these situations, how are you then going to lead the whole thing? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, some great things uh, that I sort of noticed was like 
we have different lenses that we can look at the same problem at like you know the logical way the emotional way and and i feel like both of them are important but when to pick what lens to use and when to sort of highlight and prioritize um is something uh, th that is really important uh, you know uh, f from uh, uh, a personal sort of strength standpoint like or a you know holistic standpoint uh, you know what are some things like that you have personally done from from you know to say hey you know what i'm ready to sort of build this and like how i how have i sort of uh, personally prepared myself to you know get on to this journey and like what are some things that you would advise people who are trying to build something in, in uh, new as well like you know any advice or guidance would be great from that standpoint yeah yeah i think i've always believed in my intuition a lot and my gut feeling i know that doesn't work for everyone but i think if you know you have some strong senses of what's right what's wrong if that feels like it's moving if this is too stagnant you should really believe in it i think that has helped me a lot starting the business because everything is kind of against you right like you have no money you have no time like it's too early or it's too late or there's always something so mm -hmm. uh trying to just move as fast as you can but as correctly because you listen to your intuition is the best like the worst would be to move fast not mm -hmm. listen to your intuition do everything wrong then be mad at yourself Mm -hmm. I think that is what I always try to avoid. If mm -hmm. I know I did my best, mm -hmm. I tried, I failed, it's okay because I mm -hmm. know I did my best. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, that, that means you have to constantly push yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. every day you got to show up for yourself. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to learn new things, new tools. Mm -hmm. I constantly learn. Mm -hmm. I constantly talk to people. I read, I research. So I've done a lot of that this year, a lot of personal growth. Mm -hmm. I did Reiki mm -hmm. to try to align my chakras, mm -hmm. you know, more grounded. And some people do yoga. Some people go to the gym. You need to do something for yourself, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I also paint. You mm -hmm. know, I'm very creative. I like clothes. I like fashion. So I, I know what works for me. Mm -hmm. And I think if you jump into entrepreneurship, you need to know what works for you. Mm -hmm. And plan this in your schedule or else you're gonna burn out and that's the worst you can do for your business if mm -hmm. you're gone then there's no business at the early stages right mm -hmm. so uh yeah i think this is some stuff i did and also trying to always get inspiration mm -hmm. and think of the future to me it's super motivating when i put myself in that futuristic world of having achieved the things i want to achieve Mm -hmm. It's like vision really helps me focus on today. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's research, you know, on, on this topic for athletes too, how it's really important to prep your mind like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these are just a couple of things that come up now that I can share. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely. I mean, one thing that I have noticed is like there isn't a one size fits all up approach for, you know, your own personal holistic health, mental health. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Reiki. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about like what sort of drove you into getting, um, you know, more involved with Reiki and uh, how has sort of your experience been around doing that itself? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, there was this woman that came in the co-working space I worked um, as, you know, someone that just did a workshop, talked about stress and what are some stressors in today's world. And I kind of clicked with her mm. and she told me, uh, we, we started talking, she told me she's a Reiki certified teacher. It's mm. like, okay, what's Reiki? I didn't know. I used to mm. do some meditation before that, so I was familiar with like staying still in silence, but not with that. Mm -hmm. And so we jumped on a call to get to know each other. And she said, it's basically a healing type of meditation that mm -hmm. focuses on energy to clear your chakras, align your chakras. And it, it is a combination what's the need of uh, coaching, half mm -hmm. an hour, half an hour Reiki. So mm -hmm. um, that is very important because again, your chakras hold on to so many emotions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need to talk it out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need that energy flow to clean them, mm -hmm. but the combination of both, I think, is the magic. Mm -hmm. And like with therapy, if people do therapy, like you need to find your therapist. I think in Reiki too, you need to find who is the one for you. Mm -hmm. But you know what amazed me is that you can do it through Zoom. I'm mm -hmm. like, there's no way. Like I can believe it in person. I feel mm -hmm. your energy, but no mm -hmm. way. And she's like, no, uh, you can. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, uh, her name is Ashley. She's the best. Uh, she said, I'm a very, I'm very big on like nerdy stuff. She said, mm -hmm. I've studied everything. I'm telling you energy flows no matter where you are mm -hmm. and knows where to go. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me. Because think mm -hmm. about it. Like, mm -hmm. When you're overthinking, what happens? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. don't allow the energy to go where it has to go on its own. Mm -hmm. And you're again in a spiral where you're thinking of everything and you don't allow space for your mind mm -hmm. to be at peace. And you sometimes you just know what to do, which is there's so much noise. Mm -hmm. So thank you for me did that. It allowed me to go in a, a state of mind that I just allowed the universe to give me the energy I needed and mm -hmm. it really like felt so different uh, after mm -hmm. session, i was like so energetic mm -hmm. I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready you know um mm -hmm. and then a couple of weeks went by i got again a little like misaligned and then mm -hmm. see how again so it's seeing the outcome and how it made me feel that it made me want to do it again and again mm -hmm. and then after some months uh i stopped because i understood that i can put myself in that state of mind now Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not something that I think you need to do forever. If mm -hmm. you feel like just for a little while, mm -hmm. you should definitely try. Um, and again, er different things work for different people, but I totally recommend trying. At definitely. Definitely. Th thank you for, you know, sharing your perspective because uh, me personally, I, I want to try different things. I want to see, you know, if something is applicable to me um, and, you know, and I could definitely feel your energy just by the way you're talking as well, because, you know, and I totally agree, uh, you know, the, the energy sort of translates no matter how you're sort of communicating and interfacing uh, with another individual as well. Um, you know, uh, have you done past life regression? Uh, no, I haven't heard of that. So yeah, you can talk a little bit about that as well. So <laughs> yeah, that's basically a type of hypnosis that connects you to your past lives. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you had past lives, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was just very curious. I read some books about it and I 
tried it. Honestly, it was a weird experience. I don't know okay. why. Uh, okay. I don't know if I fully recommend it or not, um, because I don't know if it was true. Meaning, mm -hmm. you know how you go to bed and you dream? It could mm -hmm. have always been a dream, mm -hmm. and I imagine these things, or it actually happened. Mm -hmm. And I went over like a couple, like three, four different past lives. Mm -hmm. I was a man in some, I was a woman in others. So it was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, the end result was just reflection and seeing how the dots were connected from these past lives to who I am today. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was just curious if you had tried it. Uh, now that you mentioned it, I, I am sort of uh, getting more curious and I will try it and I'll let you know um, for sure. Um, you know, uh, one thing sort of to be inclusive, uh, one I ask people, what do they tell themselves? like when you're feeling that sort of anxious or when you're feeling that sense of nervousness it could be in english it could be in your local language i'd prefer if it's in your local language because i want to be more inclusive um you know what do you sort of tell yourself when you're feeling that sense of overwhelm and that sort of makes you feel better um so j just to make it so that you know other people can understand that you know everybody feels that sense of anxiousness and n nervousness uh you know sometimes so so it's actually in Greek. I okay. say to myself a uh, self-affirmation. Uh -huh. And I say, which okay. means um, I'm worth it. I got value. You know, I can do it. So I, I keep saying that every day. For, I might have been saying this to myself for more than a year now. I had mm. different self-affirmations before. I think they're very powerful. Mm -hmm. And you can do it anywhere, right? Like you might be in the subway, just bring mm -hmm. it back. Mm -hmm. But I read a book recently that said an interesting story where an older guy was telling a younger person that, hey, uh, what are you thinking now? And he says, mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. He said, well, we become what we think. So mm -hmm. are you really going to think of nothing? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, was like, wow, we, we really have to put ourselves in that uh, vision of who we want to be to get there definitely yeah thank you for sharing that and um you know it, it is something that is powerful and something that we want to aspire towards as well because uh the more we uh put ourselves in smaller boxes and the more we try to contort ourselves to fit other people's expectations um it, it is harder to sort of visualize than uh to sort of build something which uh, only you can build, right? So, yeah. uh, and that vision sort of goes away. And, you know, one thing that uh, I also sort of remembered is like, when you go to a cemetery, you know, uh, one thing that people notice is there's a lot of energy that hasn't been, you know, utilized to the potential, right? There are so many ideas which just went to the grave because, you know, people weren't, you know, thinking about it, uh, you know, big enough or like people couldn't visualize it or make it happen. And, you know, you you sort of tend to um, forget that, you know, you have the capacity uh, to build anything as well. Um, Absolutely. And you regret only the things you, you don't do, right? Right. <laughs> um, I would put that in terms of caveat because, you know, there are some things you don't want to do. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, so, you know, that being said, you know, if you are aspiring to build something, I would definitely say put all your intentions out there, put all your aspirations out there. 
so you know uh, other people your your own sense of self will sort of make it happen and you know uh, let it grow as well um it's the conversation has been great you know i ask people you know what are some of things you want people to take away from the uh, conversation um what would yeah <laughs> Um, I guess you can tell me what you think too, but number one is that soft skills or durable skills or power skills are really the, the skills that anyone can develop and should develop to reach mm -hmm. their self-actualization. Mm -hmm. So read about them, figure out ways to learn mm -hmm. uh, and develop them. Mm -hmm. Um, resilience and no self-doubt mm -hmm. is another one. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Let's see. And validation of your idea. Right. <laughs> focusing on how your vision is going to make you different. Mm -hmm. And self-affirmations. Definitely. Th yeah. yeah th th thank you for sharing them. And uh, a few things for me would be uh the the conversation between the old man and the and the young young person you know remember uh that you know start thinking about something big unless you aren't thinking about something big you know things may never happen uh the other thing was like the way you look at obstacles find ways around them um and uh, finally you know i definitely want to mention check out dexigo uh you know uh, that they are a platform that uh, you want to look forward to and uh, AI um, may take away a few of your options, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you, uh, you know, worry too much. Rather, figure out how you can augment what you can do uh, with AI to sort of make somebody else's life better and your own life better as well. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Sanjay. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank for you. your great questions. Yeah, thank you. Awesome.